It's Thursday, February 28th, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 253, Just the Most Pain. Runtime for this episode is 54 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that subsists entirely on painkillers and other drugs. My name is Jeremy. My drug of choice is caffeine. I'm Tyler. See, drugs don't actually do anything to me. That's why I barely ever, like, drink caffeine or anything like that. My name is Zach. Drink caffeine. Yes. Do you just, like, powder get powdered caffeine and, like... Just stirred into a glass or... My co-manager glass. did yesterday say the sentence, I've had seven caffeines today. <laughs> that is actually how I refer to it, too, so... Um, you know, I'm down from, like, legitimately, like, 18 caffeines a day to, like, six or seven, so... I'm not sure how many caffeines a NOS energy drink is, at least three, so I'm not doing great today. Yeah, no, the NOS is, like, three, so... I don't think I've had a caffeine in six hours. <laughs> I was waiting for you to like come up with a number, waiting to call Bull. This is our clean podcast. Bull Loney. Wait, wait, <laughs> Bull Loney. I'm like, you drink Dr. Pepper, do? I had some drinks of Dr. Pepper, but I don't know that I would call those a full caffeine. Yeah, they're a full caffeine. They're about as much as a cup of coffee. So, what have you been playing, Half Calf? Oh, also, we played Max Payne this week. <laughs> uh, so. I have been up to, I know I say I've been up to quite a lot, a lot of the time, but I've actually been doing it. I pulled out Tokyo Mirage Sessions, actually. Oh, man. And I was like, I should play this. That game sure is almost Persona, huh? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I pulled it out of my bin, I looked at my Wii U, and then decided it was too much work to move all the PlayStation 4 cases that were in front of my (laughs) Wii U. I'm surprised Tokyo Mirage Sessions wasn't in your Wii U still. I think Bayonetta 2 was in my Wii U right now. That would have been my second guess. And so I proceeded to play Ogre Battle. <laughs> on the Wii U? <laughs> on the Wii U, yes. I mean, look, it's a good game. Because you can just pick up the tablets and yes. then, yeah. Yes, that, that is exactly why. Hey, Zach, you want to know why I get most of my games digitally? Because of that? Yeah, I got you. I mean, I put mine away regularly, so I'm kind of neurotic about it. Well, I'm more like, I don't want to, because I do that, I don't want to go over to the spinny shelf over there, get That's the game fair. I want, and put it in. I just Especially don't... when I can just hit left. I just don't have my uh, PS4 discs stored yet because I I haven't really had a bin for them. But so I played a lot of that and then I went out on the 15th and picked up three games. That's a lot of games. This is dangerous. The first one I picked up was Resident Evil 2. Yeah, the new one? Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, Jen and James were playing that, although Jen is like a huge Resi fan, so. I've played through both of the original two stories, Leon and Claire's, and I really like it. It's a really good game. Works quite well. It feels kind of tense because of the fact that most of the time the zombies don't necessarily stay dead. But I never have felt when playing it that I was really, really low on ammo. But you always had to think about it. Yeah, I was always thinking about it. I I don't think I'm that low, but at the same time, I don't want to use it because this could be important later. What do you think of the boarding up windows mechanic? I like it, but it wasn't something that I really made a whole lot of use of. There is one particular window I boarded up both times I played it because it was right all... It was was in the the center of traffic. It was at the base of the stairs near the film room, and it was a 
in a location I used a lot, so I made sure to board that window up. I'm not too fond of Tyrant chasing you around the, the police department in the second half of that, but at the same time, I understand why he's there. But fortunately, if you figure out which rooms he's not allowed to go in, it makes it a lot simpler. I wonder if they're going to remake Resident Evil 3, just because that's the game where you're just chased the entire game <laughs> by definitely not Tyrant. Oh, man, that's... That'd be kind of annoying, but it, the, one of the things that was made it kind of annoying in Resident Evil 2 is that there are the liquors, which you need to move yep. quietly past, but if you're trying to run away from Tyrant... Then you, also you now to, you have a liquor. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just compounds it. Um, I just remembered, I was like thinking about liquors, I'm like, why have I been thinking about liquors recently? It's not just because Jen has been playing Resident Evil 2, the remaking. She got the Resident Evil 2 board game like forever ago, and it finally shipped. Um, and it actually simulates playing the game fairly well. Liquors are a pain in the ass to deal with because their thing is they move every time you move. They are kind of a pain in the ass, but once I got once I got used to moving past them, it was a lot easier. Like when I did Leon's campaign, it was a lot simpler because I actually knew what I was doing and kind of knew a uh, few of the motions, how things were going to go because I'd already done Claire's, which was really awkward because Claire doesn't get a shotgun. Nope. Although she does get a grenade launcher at some yes. point. She gets it when she when Leon gets the shotgun. So pretty early on, actually. It just felt really weird because I'm so used to having the shotgun because in Resident Evil 4 and 5, the default was get the shotgun and that's your default weapon. And yep. then you use the other stuff, especially because Claire also got the machine gun, which was like, yay, <laughs> thanks. Leon gets the shotgun and the magnum. Claire's like, I get two varieties of handgun and a machine gun, but I get the grenade launcher. Although Leon gets a flamethrower later and she gets a, <laughs> a stupid little stun rifle. A stun rifle? Yes. It's like a taser rifle. It's kind of dumb. I never really used it. <laughs> well, that'd be great if she had to fight actual humans ever. At the end of the at the end of uh, her game, she gets a minigun. That's awesome. Which was pretty fun to beat the final boss. I got both of the achievements for beating the um, final boss of the campaigns with enough time left. So I, like, I beat Tyrant with more than five minutes remaining and the last guy with more than four minutes remaining. That's pretty <laughs> for, good. Nemesis or the G virus guy. That, that game's a lot of fun. Well worth the sixty bucks I paid for it. I think that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend it. it I don't know how it stacks up to the original Resident Evil Two because I never played that one. From a couple people I know who have played the original Resident Evil Two, like th this captures the spirit of it really well, while also like just being a better game. So. One of the nicest things about it is you can move and aim, which threw me off when it actually let me do that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> how far oh technology God. has come you could do that in seven as well and i think this is built on a very similar engine to seven uh is it because it's third person that's true and seven was first person huh i forgot seven was first person i so. don't know if it was something that they'd added in six because i know you couldn't do it in five which was the last one i'd played before before not re2 make i guess and then the second game i bought was i got it for 20 bucks because it was on sale and that was uh, mario rabbids kingdom battle I've heard interesting things. You were playing that for a while, right? Yeah, I played that until it kind of got to the point where I felt like I was done with it. I really like the level up mechanics, and a few of the enemies are kind of interesting because they're things you couldn't really do in XCOM, and I like how kind of weirdly melee-focused it is. I mean, it's not the worst game I've ever played, but I think one of my biggest problems is the severe limitation it puts on you for creating your uh, team. Yeah, having to have a rabbit in there. You have and... to have a rabbit in there. You have to have Mario in there. So I can't make a team that consists of Luigi and Peach plus a rabbit. Or all three Luigis. Blow... There's only two Luigis. All three Luigis. Uh, Wah. But, so like, 
if Peach if does they, have a sweet shotgun. Having the limit of you can only have you have to have one rabbit in there would be a lot simpler or easier to take if you could take Mario out of your party. I didn't realize that was a limit. I think just because I probably never tried to take Mario out of the party. <laughs> well, I looked at it and it won't let you select him. He, gotcha. It is listed as leader. Like I haven't figured out if you can take that off because like I would like to have Luigi's long range focus and his stuff and Peach's short range death cannon so that he can like min max a little bit. Yeah, and also makes your team really really freaking tanky because Peach heals and uh, the Peach rabbit heals and then Luigi just has a long, uh, has a sniper rifle so that's always useful. But so it's like it's not bad. Like it's very kind of. And I do like how fluid it is with your ability to, like Jeremy said, weirdly melee focused. So that all works. It's just kind of. My prediction was that it would just make Zach decide he wanted to play some XCOM. It hasn't done that yet, which is definitely different. I mean, yeah, they're definitely different games, but you can like any tactical game post XCOM like that. You can see the sure DNA. I played a little bit of MechWarrior online. That was fun. I placed second in the streams grand melee this week. Nice. Without actually like hiding for the entire match. It was actually kind of funny because I, the host in, or two of the hosts were, had a duel in light mechs. And so they were going at it and I saw him parked off to one side and I back, I was backing out because I was trying to get away from somebody else. And I stopped and I'm looking at him because I was trying to figure out what they were doing because I couldn't actually hear them. They were talking. One of them had already won the duel. And so they were standing there off to one side talking and then the guy was like, okay, just finish me off. And so he killed him and I saw the kill marker come up on my screen and immediately came back around the corner and shot the host. <laughs> so like for a little while, you just see this black grasshopper standing in the corner of his screen, staring at him as I was trying to figure out what they were doing. And then I disappear when I'm like, okay, well, their duel's not done yet, so I'm going to leave them alone. And then he kills him, and then you just see the black grasshopper pop back around the corner and <laughs> kill him. It was pretty great. That doesn't sound like a Zack tactic at all. <laughs> I am not an opportunist. I take advantage of people. If, when they're... I'm not an opportunist. I'm a con artist. <laughs> well, like I did have one where I just kind of the two of my teammates, the last two guys on my team besides myself, were got into like this one-on-one duel, and so I stood on a chip shooting at the bigger guy. I was expecting them to alliance of convenience and turn around and kill me, but they didn't. So I got away with it. Uh, and the last one I played was jump loading. Okay. Force. Sorry. J- jump loading force. Or uh, or yep. <laughs> or loading force. Uh, the the unexpected appearance of Yugi Moto. Uh, That's hey, a subtitle. Do you know what the plot of Jump Force is, Tyler? No, I have no idea. So you're walking down the street, minding your own business in, in Times Square, apocalypse, and Frieza shows up, and <laughs> Goku, Trunks, and Frieza have a fight, and you are somehow the only innocent bystander harmed <laughs> in this. You're the only one stupid enough to be walking around while New York is on fire. Yeah, you know, it happens. You need to get out and get some exercise. Get a sandwich. So Trunks pulls out a cosmic cube. A what now? A cosmic cube. It's the Tesseract from Avengers. Okay. Also known as the Cosmic Cube. They call it Umbrus Cubes in the subtitles, but you can hear them speaking Japanese. It's Cosmic Cube. I'm pretty sure Umbrus Cubes is for the bad guys. And implanted in you, making you a shonen anime protagonist. Okay, and then you go to the creative character screen. Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you are then recruited by, imagine if Akira Toriyama drew Nick Fury, but he was a total nerd. Yes, and no, I have a perfect picture of this in my head. Uh, you are recruited to his helicarrier. What's this guy's name so I can look Glover. up this? Clever? Glover. Glover. Oh, Glover. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. And he's like, hey, we have three wings. We have the Dragon Ball Z wing, the Naruto wing, and the One, One Piece, Piece wing. wing. You have to join a team. Don't worry, it will not matter at all, but you have to do it. 
You have to join a frat. It does matter <laughs> because it affects the the abilities you start with. Yes, doesn't but affect I, anything after that. Yeah, no, this is exactly what I pictured this it, guy looking like. The coat it, helps, though. So. Honestly, the the stupid story and everything else could have been easily forgiven. Like even the kind of mediocre combat. Like, okay, it does look flashy. Like it looks really good in combat. Uh, hard disagree. Continue. Well, some some of the animations in Wattlot look fine. It's mostly because they tried to translate anime characters into realistic proportions, and it doesn't really work. The bigger so problem the is they don't emote ever. Well, that's a big problem. <laughs> they just My... look like action figures, like perfectly painted to shine in the specific <laughs> light that's on them right now. <laughs> My biggest problem with it, though, is the loading. Watch two-second cutscene. 30-second load screen. Go into a fight. 30-second load screen. Watch another two-second cutscene. 30-second load screen. It's every time. I swear to God, in the 11 hours I played Resident Evil, it loaded as much as, like, my first four hours of Jump Force. <laughs> That's probably not exaggerating. If anything, he might be being generous. And it's, like, it was a game that had potential. Honestly, I, was, I think I was talking to Jeremy and Kevin about this on Monday. If they'd done, like, the Super Robot Wars thing and had, like, like all subplots the, that all, they mix all, all the, together. All the plots just kind of going on together yeah, in like, the same zone. Or even like two separate worlds where the plots are both going on and they get kind of mashed together. Like that imagine Vegeta fun. and Sasuke being wild card loner characters <laughs> off on their own together. <laughs> well, I was more thinking like you have Goku go trying to run over to King Kai and he's being chased by Soul Reapers because that would no, also be good. You, but, you don't get back. You don't get to go back to life. But, like, it's the story is so bad. The most you get is Yusuke being like, huh, this Ichigo guy seems kind of like me. Literally, I was as excited to unlock Izuki Midoriya as the dude from Black Clover, whose name I can't even think Asa. of right now, because they were equally boring missions. <laughs> it's just, uh, there's That's so much. That's really sad. Like, it's got the Xenoverse combat system in it, which, like, okay. It's okay. It's, it's not great, but. It's, it's serviceable. It's serviceable, but it doesn't have the same kind of charm that you had in, in Xenoverse because you had wide open areas to fly around in, and you were going through basically the Dragon Ball Z storyline. Here it's just like, okay, we're going to drop you into a fighting arena. Go. Today you're fighting Tagoro! <laughs> and then on top of that, as if just to kind of like rub it, rub it in, it's like, okay... Recording is blocked because you entered a scene. Recording has been unblocked because you exited the scene. Recording is blocked because you entered yeah, you, the scene. And, and, like, and that oh middle was my. a loading screen. <laughs> that you saw it for 30 seconds. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, don't 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 buy Jump Force. Yeah. I, I want it to be good. I wanted it to be good. It it's just not, not. It, I didn't have any expectations and somehow it still managed to disappoint. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad at myself for buying it, not because I feel like I wasted money, but by I rewarded bad behavior and I should have <laughs> known better. Yeah, and honestly, I should have known something was wrong when it was sold out of both uh, Best Buys and I finally got it at GameStop because, God damn it, I was going to buy this game. So it's it's such a disappointment. But fortunately, the disappointment was lessened by a lot by the fact that Resident Evil 2 was such a good game. Yeah, um, I did not have high expectations for that game, and I've heard it's very good, so... So what have you been having high expectations of, Tyler? Myself, mostly. Now, what have I been playing, though? You and I got a chance to play some Helldivers on Thursday. Yeah, we did. Um, Like, I got online, and no one else came online, and I'm like, well, what are we doing? So we played some Helldivers. It was fun. Um, I feel like we also played Overcooked with Kevin since we last recorded. Uh, for like we did an hour. that on the same day. Was it the same day? Yeah. Okay. Was it after Hell Divers? Yeah, you guys were playing Hell. We were playing Hell Divers. Kevin got on. And was like, I don't have Hell Divers installed, 
And then, of course, as soon as Kevin got on and we all got off to go play Overcooked, Ed got on and had Helldivers and stuff. Yeah, and then Zach went to bed, and then we tried to play some Spellbreak, only to realize that I apparently have not played that game in so long that they have changed launchers, and the old one wouldn't work. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so then I went and downloaded the... So I tried updating the game twice, and it just kept getting stuck at 99%. Um, so I went and downloaded the new launcher. I'm like, well, this is probably more reliable, but also the download's going to take an hour or so. So then I went to bed. Both those were fun. I I enjoyed playing, actually getting a chance to play games with you. It's been a long know. time since we actually have. I know. It's weird. Um, I actually <laughs> have a weird block of free time coming up soon. So We had a really stupid moment where Tyler tried to warn me about uh, the fact that I was about to get killed. And we both got killed by the same like, I know, I energy like, wall. It, it's uh, w- the Protoss clones um, have these like laser walls they throw up uh, that block your movement through them, which are really annoying unless you have a jump pack, which I think is actually why I started carrying that regularly. Yeah, I think that's um, why. Also, it's just kind of useful. But if it comes up on you, it's just an instant kill. And I saw that Zach was like, you were in a mech. When I was happened, in my right? walker at the yeah, time. And yeah, and I saw that the line was going to hit you. I'm like, Zach, watch out. I didn't notice because I was watching him that I was also in that line. You were in, that... no, you were in a line that was coming in from the side. It made a T block. You got hit by one, I got hit by the other, and we both died immediately. Yeah, so that was hilarious. Uh, I laughed for like a good minute and a half after that happened. What have I been playing, though? Because I was just one night, mostly Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a good game. I've unfortunately got to the point where, like, I'm not even feeling burnout on it, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I've got other games I want to play, so I'm trying to push the plot quests pretty hard now. I can see that, because I've had that happen with a couple of games that I really like. I think that might have been one of the things that happened with Mirage Sessions, actually, is that it's like, I really like this game, but this other one just came out, and I want to play that one. Yeah, it's not even that other stuff is coming out, I'm just like, I've already spent, I think, about 100 hours on this game, and like... There's like it's a lot of the same and I'm enjoying it and like but like I could have more new experiences doing something else. So I'm trying to finish it off pretty quick. Let's see. Also also obviously I've been playing Smash. Um so I mentioned on the Discord forever ago I was embarking upon this stupid mission to get to, to elite Smash with every single character. How far along are you? Have you uh, given up yet? I am on 28 out of 74, so I'm I'm getting there. I was looking up some statistics the other day, and at least according to this one random website, which is tracking uh, global smash power, I'm in the top percent and a half, or I guess, not, yeah, top percent and a half of smash players. So I should maybe go to a tournament sometime. That either means you are really, really good at the game, or people fell off of it really, really fast. Or the people who are really good aren't playing online. There's yeah, that or too. that. Also, that website only gets like a thousand weekly users, so. Oh, so that actually kind of narrows it down, depending on whether or not they actually have access to the uh, API for for Smash Brothers. Yeah, so no, it's entirely crowd-driven, so it's just like, when you reach elite status, please enter your th- number here. That would be great for us, thanks. Although, based on the Smash wiki, like, a lot of people have trouble getting to elite at all. So, although that makes sense, it's a bell curve. Like, you already have to be in the top, like, X percent in order for that. I really wish they had just done, like, tier systems, like every other damn thing that uses ELO ever. Well, to be fair, at least with League of Legends, they started with just that completely transparent thing, and then later on realized, no, tiers are probably going to be a better way to do it. Yeah, no, and I think, especially when you get to higher tiers, like, the way (laughs) ELO works naturally is you gain fewer and fewer points, and people are like, why am I gaining less points for the same victories? I'm like... Well, that's how ELO works. I it, realize it's not very satisfying. It's but a weird instance of when being completely transparent is, is actually, actually bad. worse. Yeah. It's a lot more satisfying to be like, oh, 
okay, I lost to, like, a gold one. No wonder he was so much better, as opposed to, oh, he only had 4,000 more smash points than I did. And we have, like, 20,000. That's not that much. Yeah, exactly. It actually makes a lot of difference. Exactly. I don't know. So a good game. The meta shifted quite a bit since it came out, which is interesting. There are lots of wolf players these days, which is weird. Um, meanwhile, I'm over here still playing Bowser, so <laughs> have I played anything else? Oh, yeah, so remember I started that completely randomized Pokemon run a while ago? I do recall. Um, I forgot about it. Yeah, no, I fell off for some reason. I can't even remember, so I started playing again. Uh, would you like to guess what Pokemon Lieutenant Surge had? Fire? <laughs> Geodude. Uh, well, so the gy- the gyms are themed, so he did not have any Geodude. The the types are still together, so fire is a, is a good guess. One in 17 chance. Yeah, that is true. Minutes, I guess now. Um, he had a grass bug type Articuno. Well, he w- you know, it brings grass winter. <laughs> he was a bug gym. Bug uh, Pokemon saved my life during the war. Can you imagine this alternate reality where it's like fairy Pokemon saved my life during the war? Yes, because all the fairies <laughs> in Pokemon are creepy fairies. That is true. Except Jigglypuff. Is Sylveon... Well, I guess. Well, Sylveon if you stare a, at it for long enough, it's got the. It's also a uh, soul leeching vampire, according to some of its Pokedex entries. Are you sure so, that's Sylveon? Yeah, that's Sylveon. It All uses right. its uh, ribbons to like bind its prey. So, <laughs> Pokemon's raw if you read the Pokedex entries. Pokemon is creepy if you read a lot of the Pokedex entries. There's this YouTube video I didn't watch because it was two hours long, but it's just artists drawing Pokemon based on their Pokedex entries. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'd more like to just see the results of yeah. that, but that sounds great. I think that is everything. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast. It's vaguely related, but on the weekends when we have time, we've been playing the uh, Betrayal House on Haunted Hill living game. Or I guess uh, that's not what they call it. Like Legacy? Those. Yes, thank you, Legacy. That's what those are called. It's really good. One day I'll pay, play Betrayal. I have an imbo- I have a still in shrink wrap copy at Zach's house. Are you sure? I thought we played that once. Nope, we never did. We, oh. we mentioned it, but then everybody realized no one knew how to play it. Oh, well, I've, I've been there at least one time when it's been brought up. I know how to play Betrayal. It's like one of my favorite party games. Yeah, but so you were think- the only one who knew how. Yeah, you were the only one who knew how to play it, and there was a lot of setup stuff that it was going to be involved. And I think we also were running low on time. Yeah, that might be. The, it is like an hour-long game. It's actually one of, one of the reasons I like it is because it's actually pretty easy to play, but also it's got enough like crunchy number stuff that I'm not just bored with it. So I think that one we also ended up playing the Attack on Titan deck build. Yeah, I think I think I, I, think I agree. Um, which is also a fun game. Yes, it is. I, I am pleasantly surprised with how that one turned out. So, yeah, what have you been up to, Jeremy, other than, like, dying of plague? Yeah, I got so sick that I cried at the end of Lupin Ranger vs. Patter Ranger. It was definitely <laughs> how sick I was. Don't worry. We believe you. So I took two days off work being sick, and then I had four days off in a six-day period. Okay. So video games is what I've been doing. Oh, awesome. awesome. I finished Kingdom Hearts. Nice. good. No one told me that Ansem straight up turns into a spaceship at the end, and that games ends with you flying around fighting a man coming out of a spaceship <laughs> swinging a sword at you. Um, oh, well, I, to be fair, I did forget about this. I assume this is the original Kingdom yeah. Hearts, right? Yeah, that that sounds familiar. I also finished Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and did most of the post-game content. I forgot you had that game. I don't I know did. why, yeah. but I did. I beat the Elite Four. I beat Blue. I beat Green. I beat all the gym leaders in a rematch. I beat the Elite Four in a rematch. That's most of it. Did you watch the game theory on Green? No. I mean, I've had a crush on Green since I read the manga, so... Oh, that she is the tank clone sibling of Mewtwo from the movies? Huh. Okay. 
Um, that is definitely not how Pokemon Special goes. So no. it is actually kind of the the evidence he used is kind of pans out in a lot of the ways that the game theory stuff does. You know, I've noticed a lot because he's done some that I'm a lot more familiar with recently. I've noticed a lot he tends to ignore all the counter arguments, which you know you have to to like build up a. Kind, well, kind of it's also for entertainment. Yeah, no, it's entirely for entertainment. Like, I honestly just love Matt Pat because I just love the sound of his voice, and he's just so enthusiastic the entire time. So, anyway, speaking of that, I really like all the clone tanks they added to the Pokemon Mansion in Let's Go. Like, there are lots of details. I also love the crowds in most of the gyms. Like, you beat Sabrina's weird teleporter puzzle, and then there's just like a whole crowd to watch your gym battle at the end. Like, <laughs> they didn't have to take the teleporter entrance. Were they locked in here the whole time Team Rocket was here? No, I'm I'm assuming that there's like a side entrance that's for the crowd. That's that's for a crowd. Yep. There's like a bouncer over there preventing Pokemon trainers from getting in. So. You must carry this few Pokemon to enter. <laughs> Hand uh, over your balls. Also, the mansion or Blaine's gym is still locked from a key in the. F- science Mewtwo mansion but the gym has been replaced instead of the like weird quiz machines it's just like a game show and okay. with, complete with studio audience yes and again i'm like did they all go into the weird pokemon mansion where Mewtwo was created and get a key to watch this quiz show <laughs> no no there's the side entrance no i would alternatively actually they send out like letters to say like you've been invited to join the next edition uh, the weird thing though is they don't know when they're gonna get a challenger right <laughs> so then they'd actually all be just sitting around waiting actually that's true of all the gyms they'd all just be like sitting around waiting for M- a random Missy's sh- got that pool at least so yeah that kind of makes sense um because people might just be there using the pool giovanni just doesn't hang out yeah exactly is there an audience to watch your Giovanni fight? No, it like takes place in this like secret back James Bond room. Okay. And after you beat him, he's like, I shall retire and disband Team Rocket. And Blue's outside. He's like, you know what? People keep asking me to take over this gym because the gym leader's never here. But I never wanted to get tied down. But I think today is the day. <laughs> and then instead of rematching Giovanni, if you go to that gym, you face Blue. And he's like, man, maybe I should get some of this villain layer out of here because it <laughs> looks really sinister. And it's not really my vibe. Uh, that's pretty great. So is it actually Blue who does it? Okay, and not uh, your lame rival? Yeah, well, he's like, your lame rival is probably going to be my first challenger, Jeremy. I'll uh, make sure to whoop him for you. There's also a pretty good bit where after you beat Blaine, you go to Professor Oak, and he gives you the various megastones for the Kanto starters. And he's like, oh, hey, this is my grandson. Uh, what was his name again? He's like, Gramps. No one ever laughs at that joke. <laughs> <laughs> also, I already met him. <laughs> That's really good. So I beat that. So then I just played all of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Yeah, how was that? Boy, is Chain of Memories a video game. (laughs) Like, I definitely get why people don't like it, but also, nothing is like it. Those card mechanics are weird. Like, good weird, interesting weird, or just weird Definitely interesting weird. So, the combat system is basically Kingdom Hearts, only you start with a dodge roll. Okay. Already an improvement. But instead of having the, like, item, attack, magic, summon menu, you have a deck of cards that you can cycle through freely. So if you want to attack, you need a Keyblade card, and it uses up the card when you use it. If you want to cast magic, you need a magic card. If you want items, you need an item card. Also, all the cards have a number between zero and nine, and if your number is higher than your opponent's number, it cancels whatever attack they are doing. That's cool. In addition to being attack, but if it's lower, you can't use the card. Okay, so theirs cancels yours also, basically. Interesting. Honestly, I wouldn't. 
That doesn't sound like my bag, personally. It's weird. Also, zeros will cancel anything, but are also canceled by anything. Uh-huh. So, so they're this they're weird like defensive... Yeah, they're this weird defensive card. So is it real time that you have to shuffle well, through the cards? Yes, it's just Kingdom Hearts combat system, but oh. with this card system on oh, top that's, of it. Yeah. God, no. Yeah, that sounds... No. Look, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome. I got into it, but <laughs> it took some doing. Yeah, so I knew some people back in high school who really liked that game, so... And you have to do lots of stuff with your deck because different Keyblade cards, they have different power, but they also have modifiers based on where in the combo you use that Keyblade. Oh, that's so, like some of them do damage or extra damage if they're the last hit in the combo or things like that. So you have this deck of cards, though, right? So like, do you get to order it before yes. you go into combat? Oh, okay. It's not shuffled. You okay. have a deck order and you do it in that order and you can assign one shortcut to your deck that you hit, you go to with down and then up will take you to the top of your deck. Gotcha. On that the helps. D-pad, which like is necessary when you get into some of the harder bosses. There's also a mechanic where you can stack cards together in groups of three. And then the t- number total becomes the total of the attack, but you lose the first card you used until the end of that fight. Like you can't get it back huh. until the fight is over, which is this weird risk reward mechanic. It's a very interesting game. I don't know if I think it's good even after beating it, but it was super interesting. I definitely see why Kingdom Hearts fans will not put up with it <laughs> because they're like, I just want to find out what happens to Riku and Mickey. Why do I have to play this weird card battle system? <laughs> To be fair, people who aren't aren't going to put up with it anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, the story's pretty good. Pretty weird. I don't know how people play Kingdom Hearts 2 without knowing why Sora's in a weird egg or who Namine is. Man, you know, they just kind of like... There's a lot of, oh yeah, all this stuff happened and they never really talk about it and then it doesn't matter because you're dual-wielding keyblades like a boss. So. And to be fair, Sora does lose his memories of Chain of Memories at the end of it. The, you might say the chain was broken. Uh, no, it's actually getting put back together. Look, it's some Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so which, bad. Which I'm a fan of now. It's great. Yeah, I can't even remember who the who the first guy is. Roxas is Roxas' his name. In Kingdom Hearts 2? Yeah. Yes. You're Roxas for like three hours or whatever. Yeah. Doing some chores. Not that I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2. So yeah, Chain of Memories, very weird. Uh, like, if you're interested in video games on a conceptual level, I recommend you check it out. Because nothing is like it, but... And maybe that maybe that's for the better, but at least they tried it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it does end up being too much fiddling with the deck by the end of it when your deck gets so large. And I definitely felt like I was breaking the game, not playing it, when my boss fight strategy was like, okay, this move makes me invincible until it's done executing. So I just need to build a deck that can do this repeatedly <laughs> and hope in the 10 seconds I'm not invincible, I don't die. Well, I mean, that's strategy. Yeah. There definitely is strategy to it, which uh, is, I guess, why I ended up liking it into the end. But it's super weird and nothing works like it. And if you're like me and you kind of weirdly missed the tutorial, like I, I had to go back for it. You have to do it to complete the game. But I missed it and got in a bunch of random fights. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Have I been playing anything else? Jump Force. I talked about Jump Force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jump Force was disappointing. Look, I was going to play it between Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2, and then it was awful. Oh, that's the yeah. other thing I did. I played some Dragon Ball Fighter Z for like oh, three hours. You should have gotten me. I've been having a craving. Yeah. Um, I also had a craving. I'm like, you know what I want? Dragon Ball Fighter's story mode. And I don't <laughs> know why I wanted this. It's because not Because you don't have Android 21. Yeah, I don't have 21 yet, so I should probably oh. finish that. Yeah. I love playing 21. I suck as her, but I love playing her. 
I finally figured out how to play Gohan, though, and I'm very happy about that. Which one? Um, Mystic, adult. Ultimate. He's fun yeah. to play. He's got that weird teleport above your head smacky attack. It's so good for the mix-ups and the cross-ups and the cross-mix box-ups. And cross-counters. I, he doesn't have his weird infinite kick loop anymore, but that's probably for the best. But boy, was that fun to <laughs> torture people with. Is that all the games you've been up to? That is all the games I've been up to, besides the assignment, Max Payne! Uh, uh, so, fun, fun story about this. I actually forgot which game we were doing um, when we were supposed to have recorded this. Yeah, that and was amusing. <laughs> I played Serious Sam <laughs> instead, which is a very different game. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny, because Tyler was like, we're going to record about some Serious Sam. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that's the game we're playing, right? Serious Sam. And I'm like, no, Max Payne. <laughs> but instead of Serious Sam, we played Max Payne. Uh, so Max Payne is a third-person shooter with a very noir style. Game came in with the legs like dynamite stick. I can't do a noir. I want to be able to do a noir. <laughs> I, but can't I can't do, do a noir, noir either. But it has a very dark, kind of gritty comic book style cutscenes. Actually, the, yeah, the, the cutscenes are actually just comic books. I mean, loading page. I mean, comic books uh, <laughs> strips uh, with voice acting over them. And I'm a huge fan of noir and comics, and this is made for me, and I hate it. I hate it so much. The voice actor is so bad at this noir thing. He's not as bad as me, because I just tried to do one, and I did the worst <laughs> one. But I feel like his delivery is always just way too fast and way off, and not in like a fast, I'm going through this real quick way, but in like a stilted... Like it's not contemplative enough like noir is supposed to be, yeah, where it's like It doesn't have reflection. any pauses. It's... It might have been a situation where when they... Did it in the like actual noir style? They f- it was like, too slow. People playtesting it thought it was too slow. I don't know. Um, I, it feels almost like it's Microsoft sped up after the fact. Like it's not. It's not like Rescue Ranger fast, but it's, it is oddly. It's based. like they took a reading and then like adjusted the tempo or something. And then like the no thanks Alex, you'd have me undercover and blah blah blah. Before I knew it, like it's just also not very good exposition, and it's really really overblown. Like, the first thing that happens is your family all dies because reasons. Yep. So you go yeah. undercover. To investigate Valkyrie. It's, um, I mean, obviously they have to dump him in somehow. And, you know, the uh, whole noir thing doesn't exactly go with a protagonist that has a happy home life. So It was his wife's last day on the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just is a, comes off as really lazy to me as an origin story. I guess making you play it is a nice touch. It's better than 30 hours of cutscenes, but yeah. I feel like this is the sort of backstory that could be in the manual, and that would be fine. <laughs> it well, it does kind of help to dump you into his shoes in a particularly good way. Although, I know later on in either this one or the second one, there's a moment where you basically have to go through it again as like a nightmare that he's having, which they could have easily used to use the same effect. Yeah, use it but... as exposition after the fact. Yeah, I don't that know. might have been better actually dropping in Meteor Res. Anyway, because yeah, like I feel like I don't understand what his motivation is. He wants to stop these guys because his family is dead. I thought it was implied and he's already that it a was cop. Those guys were the ones behind his family. He has murder. no idea who did it. They they were some dudes on some drug. And he's like, maybe these guys were selling this drug. Oh, and then yeah, he just okay, yeah. tracks yeah, it, down that rabbit hole. 
It's not, you're right, it's not particularly well explained as to, like, if you're going to kill the family like that, especially because you have to answer the phone and he talks about... Like, you don't have to answer the phone. You can completely miss that and it's just ringing off the hook while you're shooting these guys and being like, why is the look inversed? Ah, ah, what button is shoot? Why am I diving over under the couch? I just want to shoot this man. <laughs> but if you answer the phone, it's like somebody taunting you about, you know, I can't help you anymore. Or shouldn't have been involved or some whatever. You know, no our general thing, and so your family's dead. You, got you don't know why, and no one knows why exactly. And it's better drama-wise if you actually, or at least Max Payne knows who did it and has to find evidence to bring them down. I feel like it's better drama-wise if the family is still alive and he's under deep cover, and the only people who know get killed, like happens in this game. I don't know what purpose the family's uh, death serves other than for him to be like, my parent, I mean, wife and child are dead. Um, that's why he's got a painkiller addiction. I thought that was just because it's the only way to heal, which <laughs> is actually one of the newer touches in this game I actually do like is that your healing items are painkillers. I don't know who's leaving all these painkillers <laughs> in the subway and in various places for you to go find. Hey, look. Fair, and most of them are in like locker rooms. and There's in, one like, that's definitely chests. just behind the ticket booth. To be fair, look, it's okay. it's the noir 90s. We were a lot looser with prescription medication back then. Opioid yeah. crisis. I, I do like that touch. And I also kind of like your health bar being like, like the outline of, of your guy. I like it in theory. It slowly fills up red as you uh, take more damage. Uh, it's not a terrible health bar or anything, but I do find it funny that it just looks like my guy's legs are shot off. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I better have a painkiller now. Uh, with a paper doll like that, I really want it to be like, this is where your injury are, and yeah. this game isn't that complex, that which is not nice. its fault. But That, that would be kind of cool, because that kind of damage system is cool. Um it's just hard to do. It really looks like you're filling up with blood, like someone's pouring blood into a Max Payne <laughs> glass. Which, again, I'm not. I'm nitpicking this more than I should. It's fine. Uh, damage system. It's slightly better than just a health bar. Pouring in Kool Aid. I was just imagining it like you're at home, just filling up your Max Payne glass. <laughs> what, you don't have a glass shaped exactly like you at home, Tyler. Uh no, I have one that's shaped like Duke Nukem. Fair enough. Forever. So this game is, like I said, is a third-person shooter. You don't play it on a console. Play it on a PC. That's I made the mistake of playing it on. Uh, I got it on Steam console, and it's definitely a bad port. The like look is all sorts of messed up. It really expects you to have that mouse accuracy. All the weapons play like that. If you're playing it on a console, you're just like trying to feather your uh, target over a dude and pressing the shoot button. It probably and, doesn't have the aim assist that most modern shooters it have. It has an aim assist, because you can turn it off or on. As far as I can tell, though, all it really does is slow your cursor when you like get to an enemy. And that's uh, necessary, because you're hopped up on painkillers and pointing every which way <laughs> as fast as you can with your gun. Okay. The gunplay, I guess, is the next logical place to go. The, it works okay. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's not great. But it's okay. Like the guns feel powerful enough, although the shotgun, shotgun was a little odd to me. But the handguns felt nice enough, and I think that's partly because the game is kind of expecting you to go with the dual wielding divey combat as opposed to like that. Definitely seems seems to be what it's made for, right? Because like bullet time activates when you dive, and before we segue into that, I definitely think you guys are right. Another reason to play it on PC though is it definitely expects you to be able to change your weapon layout with a number press, because cycling through all these weapons is a goddamn yeah. nightmare. I've, I know I had the same problem when I tried to when I played a Half-Life 2 on the Xbox Half 360. Half-Life 2 problem. does it much better, and, that's, and Half-Life 2 doesn't do it great. But this one has like 
like four different handguns in the handgun section and you can dual wield them all. Yeah, I know. And it's it, it's a common problem with any game. It's also kind of expecting you to either have that the button like you said or a scroll wheel to get to the different weapons. Yeah, it definitely feels like you're on a scroll wheel on a button, which also makes it hard to precisely get the weapon you want out. And it's always switching to your best weapon when you don't want it to. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that being a major problem on a on a uh, console port. But but anyway, we were talking about how this game wants you to dive and sl- and John Woo go because the major mechanic of this game is bullet time. You have a bullet timeometer, just like and, the prince, an hourglass, and you can press a button to go into bullet time, or you have a like a dive mechanic where you can do a dodge dive, and that automatically puts you in bullet time. For as long as you're in the air, because you drop out of bullet time as soon as you hit the yep. ground. I really like the idea on it, but at least on console, you cannot aim at anything while you're diving. It's There's a l- just no way to hit anything. It's actually a lot easier to do on PC, because yeah. the way the mouse works. Because you basically move at normal speed when you're in normal in bullet time, whereas everybody else is slowed down. Yeah, it's so, not that you go super fast. It executes pretty well. It's fun to do. Like, I always found it fun to dive through doorways and shoot at people, even if it got me killed a couple of times. I like the idea of it. There were a lot of, like, blind corners where I'm like, oh, I can dive around there and then shoot them before they know I'm there. But I always just missed six times. Like, (laughs) always a pillar just, like, would appear between me and my target. I'm like, oh, god damn it. And the enemies in this are weirdly psychic and that they'll be, like, doing some barks like, hey, you going to see the game this week? Yeah, I'm going to take my kid to Max Payne is here. <laughs> they, swir- they, like, turn on a dime with a shotgun blasting. I, t- I sense a disturbance in the force. I, I was- smell painkillers. I was going to say, could you imagine the Matrix where, like, Neo dodges out from behind a corner and just, like, starts laying way so a hallway and just misses every single shot? Hey, at least in the Matrix, they would know he's coming. That is true. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's actually a scene in Conker's Bad Fur Day. I think that actually happens. I don't anyway, know. I can't. I don't know why I'm looking at you specifically. I don't even know if you ever played that game. I did because so. I I knew Chris. That was one of the games that we <laughs> played a lot. Was Conker's Bad Fur Day. So I think the actual biggest problem with this game's combat is a problem a lot of shooters in this vein suffer, which is there's one enemy, which is guy with gun. Yeah, it's guy with gun, guy with slightly different gun, guy with shotgun, and they all kind of work the same, and they're not really interesting. And this is before you have enemy AI, so it's mostly just dudes in hallway who spin around the moment you get near them (laughs) and start shooting. And I never really found a need to even use the bullet time mechanic, because I could just point gun at people, shoot people, and I couldn't do headshots because of the imprecision of the console controls. But that's just been, I had to tap three times before I pointed to the next guy. And they had a full gun full of ammo, which is, I do appreciate from a realism standpoint that you can just pick up their arsenal as you kill them, but it means ammo is not even remotely scarce. Yeah, I mean, I used the bullet time because I thought it was fun, but I'm kind of with Jeremy. I don't know that I would say it's a great, like, the combat is not great. It's not particularly compelling. It's okay, like it gets the job done, but it's kind of like kill switch. It's got one. It's it's one note. It's got one thing going for it. And this was actually now that I think about it, kind of the period where you had a bunch of one note shooters, where it was like their their big thing, right? They they all had the unique selling point, yeah. And that so they had to do everything based on that, and so everything else kind of got shunted down the priority list. And I feel like enemy design just wasn't a consideration in the way it was in Doom and Half-Life and would be in Halo a little bit later. And I think that's the problem most kind of mediocre shooters run into is they just don't consider enemy design. 
Because it's super hard to do if there's just dudes with guns that you're fighting. Yeah, well, but like you could do big dude with gun or like sneaky dude with but gun. That gets like... a little bit cartoony though. It does. Yeah. Problem, it's but... a problem with realistic shooters because your main enemy is going to be guy with gun. You're not going to have an alien or this huge brick house of a dude with a mini gun or any of that kind of stuff. It's just going to be a guy with a gun. In that case, you basically have to do really unique encounter design, and I feel like the only game that's actually pulled it off is Call of Duty 4. That is a fantastic game. It is. Yeah, I feel like it's the only guys with guns game that considered encounter design for the appropriate amount of time. Yeah, because there are lots of like individual little like set pieces that you walk through, and all of them are just like very well put together. Oh, yeah, the fire There's... fight inside the uh, the broadcasting the TV station. That's a that's an excellent. There's probably another example, but it's the only one I can really think of. Whereas the other games that I feel like are good and unique are games like Half-Life or Halo that have this cast of enemies I can't that they think can of, use too. I can't think of any modern ones because not all, there there aren't really a lot of like significantly good modern games. And I didn't play most of the like the single player battlefields. I feel like maybe the new um Wolfensteins do this, but also the Wolfensteins have that sci-fi stuff. So they can do weird enemy designs. Or a lot of games will just give you stealth encounters to kind of break up the, yeah. let's do this thing, which is a different which other a problem. Different problem. And this game, like I said, it predates different AI, so there's not a lot they can do. They tried to put you in some interesting situations. You go through a tunnel into like a bank vault, and it's at least a, a visual variety. But the base game loop is find enemy, shoot enemy, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> which I think segues into the level design, which isn't awful. But it, there's a it's lot inconsistent. of yeah. There's a lot of weird backtracking you have to do, and it's very poorly signposted. I feel like most of the time. No, I'd I'd buy that. I I didn't have that much trouble navigating where I was trying to go, but at the same time, I did have some trouble, which is a problem in and of itself. Because the movement mechanics in this game aren't fun at all. All you really have is jump and walk. It's like even less interesting than say Halo, which and is they not- don't handle particularly well because you're again third person most of the time especially in games like this in this time frame you have a weird tendency to skid when stopping <laughs> yes. so like you'll try and stop in front of a doorway instead you'll take a step past it and yep. then you have to kind of inch your way back so you can get through the door yeah and like the only modes this game has for lack of better term are watch cutscene, which i said i don't like the voice acting and don't think they're great shoot guy which gets monotonous pretty quickly and be lost or try to get unlost, which the levels, like I said, at least do have some visual variety going for them. But it's the encounter design is a lot worse than, say, Metal Gear Solid, where it had you doing a lot of different stuff, or Half-Life that has all these different enemies types, and the exploring is actually a fun part of the game. I don't think it's an awful game. I'm kind of segueing into Final Thoughts. So is there anything else you guys want to go into first? Not that I can think of. No, I think we've hit most of it. It's like it's It's a little clunky. The combat's a little boring. It's... Like, it's not bad, it's just not great either. I would say it's bad because it's not good, not because there's anything I can point to that's like, oh, this is an awful design decision, but it doesn't end up being fun, and if something isn't good, it is by definition bad. I disagree Eh, with that. I I think there is a third option in there. Boring. Mediocre. Um, Yeah, which we we have often declared to be the greatest sin a piece of media can commit. I mean, to be fair, I really did enjoy playing uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine, but man, is that a mediocre game. The problem with mediocre video games is that even, like, pretty mediocre video games can be really fun. And I just never found this game to be fun. Like, I never had fun playing this game. Which I didn't want to say it like that, though, because that sounds a lot more damning than it's not good, (laughs) at least to me. Um, I had fun 
bullet time diving through doors at people. So while we're looking at the list, and because we've been kind of talking about gun fu, have I told you guys about Blade and Sorcery yet? I don't think so. It is a VR game, basically like a medieval combat simulator where you are also a wizard. Um, but one of the promo videos they did of it was like some guy who was just really good at it, John wicking his way through a coliseum. So you're like, punch a guy in the face, steal a spear, stab the guy with a spear, like th- immediately turn around, throw it at a guy, and it was just like a good minute and a half of this guy, John Wick, and his way out of a coliseum. It was fantastic. So speaking of John Wick, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the video games we've played from best to worst, and John Wick isn't on it, because we don't have a John Wick video game, and what's up with that? This video is called Payday. Well, <laughs> I know, it's so great. <laughs> no, that's a game with John Wick in it. <laughs> no, it's a John Wick video game. He's the main character now. They actually, they introduced the uh, Wikiverse of, uh, like, weird continental coins things, and it's like a critical mechanic Is there a now. heist in that hotel? Until there's a heist in that <laughs> hotel, it's not a giant no. game. Uh, at the top is, cru- is Cruising Trigger. That's a weird slip. At- <laughs> cruising Triggers. At the top is Chrono Trigger, a game comparable to John Wick in quality. At the bottom is City Connection, a game with cars like John Wick. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is a car. In the center is Kirby's Dreamland. No connection to John Wick. He consumes people to gain their powers, just like Keanu Reeves, the actual human. So I'm going to start really, really low with this one, uh, just because this is the game I think was most similar to me, even though I'm sure we're going to put it above this, but we don't really have a shooter block. How do we think it compares to Postal 2? I think uh, it's favorably. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the shooting mechanics are almost on par, but the bullet time is at least a mechanic Postal 2 doesn't have, and it doesn't like repulse me the way Postal 2 does. <laughs> well, it's also Postal trying... Postal 2 is trying to use a very, very crass sense of humor to cover up some poor game design decisions. A game that I actually think is also pretty comparable to it, Star Wars Dark Forces, that time they tried to make Star Wars a Doom. I would rather play Max Payne, personally. I agree. I think it's just the bullet time mechanic that edges it out for me, but it does, therefore, edge it out. The level well, design's also maybe a little better, it, but at least in Dark Forces, it feels like you're supposed to be exploring. It goes into that other side of things. If I'm going to play a Doom, I'm going to play Doom. <laughs> or Serious Sam, apparently. Or Heretic? Heretic was actually a pretty good Doom clone. It's Doom, but with magic. Well, I guess more magic, because Doom already had some magic in it. The magic of Metallica. So how do we think it compares to Hitman, codename 47? Personally, I think it compares favorably because of the fact that Hitman was, like, it wanted to be an explory, like, figure out how to do the, the hit type of thing, but kind of didn't have the technology to really make that work yet. Yeah, I'm just remembering all the do-it-again stupid moments in Hitman, and, like, that really hurts it. And the lack of crowds also just makes it feel weirdly empty. But I do feel like Hitman had a little bit more ambition, and I think I had a little bit more fun with Hitman, so I'm giving it to Hitman kind of just barely, although I'm kind of expecting Tyler to override me here. Um, I was actually probably going to side with you on that one. I like the concept of Hitman a lot more. Um, I'm trying to decide which one I actually think plays better. Well, I I think Max Payne plays better just because it's a little bit more running gun, and even though it's not... And it plays into it better. And it plays into what it's doing a bit better. Hitman does have a lot of interesting ideas. I just don't think they have the technology to make them really work yet, and that really, really hurt the game, in my opinion, because especially what Jeremy's talking about. Do it again, stupid. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Yeah, that one's... This is a really hard one for me, but I think I'm going to have to give it to Hitman at the end of the day, if only because I prefer stealthing generally. But So a little bit below Hitman, we have System Shock. 
And again, I feel like I would have more fun with System Shock, mostly on its ambition. I didn't super care for either game. And I feel like System Shock adds more to gaming, which is why I give it to System Shock. Give me Max Payne to play any day of the week. Yeah, again, I, I don't know. I see both sides of this one. I think I'm going to have to side with Zach on this one, though. I think uh, Max Payne was a more playable game at the end of the day. So a game between those two that I somehow completely missed, even though it's way more comparable, <laughs> is Red Faction. Oh. Oh. Hey. Hmm. And I think I like Red Faction a little bit more. I think the gunplay has a little bit more variety in it. And the destructible terrain mechanic gimmick, while it's not great, I found to be a little bit more engaging than the bullet time mechanic. They also had slightly better encounters, I think. Eh, I don't know if I'd have to, if I'd go that way. I mean, it's real easy to get lost right at the beginning of that game in the mine. No, that's true. No, I was talking about just like the the enemy design is a bit better in Red Faction, but that's because they got yeah, a bit more to play with. They're both kind of. They're both kind of meh. So. Meh, and they're both they both have a very you know a gimmicky guy with gimmick. Gun. I think Max Payne actually plays a little better than Red Faction does because of the, the bullet time mechanic is a lot more applicable to just general use as well as being able to carry the like uh, the painkillers with you instead of being forced to rely on finding health kits on the ground. It gives you a lot more options than you have in Red Faction. So because we're talking about this being the era, era of uh, shooters with like strong gimmicks, these both came out the same year. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I'm not sure how I missed it scrolling through them. It's probably the game I should have gone to after Postal 2, or maybe even started here, except for I did want to give it the Postal 2 bump. Yeah, no, I'm trying I'm trying to think, because Red Faction's gimmick is more interesting to me, but Max Payne's works better, and also I, li- I like the noir style, even if the delivery's not great. I probably have to give it to Max Payne. All right, so then, two more games to compare it to. Do we think it's better or worse than Dragon Quest? I had more fun with Dragon Quest. Again, I'm I did too, actually, game. even with the grinding, actually because of the grinding. And I definitely think Dragon <laughs> Quest is more influential. I guess I don't even have to make a choice, although I would like it on record. I'd rather play Max Payne. But yeah. Again, I prefer shooters to grinding. Yeah, and like, weirdly, maybe it's just because I've been playing so much Assassin's Creed, I could, like, I would really go for some JRPG grinding right now, so. So Max Payne goes at number 167, above Red Faction and below Dragon Quest. So we're getting kind of a weird 3D shoot or first person shooter with gimmick. It's not first person shooter with gimmick corner. At we least. haven't played Kill Switch yet. Just which we keep referring to when we're talking about these games, but I don't. I also don't think it's really available. Yeah, it's also entirely skippable in the history of video games, except for the fact that Gears of War happened. So speaking of skippable, Tyler, what are we going to play next week? I'm not sure why this came up, but recently I was remembering a review of. Wing Commander I saw forever ago. I'm like, I should play that game. And as it happens, it's on sale on GOG this week for 75 cents for each of the first two games. So we're going to play some Wing Commander. Uh, Next time on Last Time, all I know about Wing Commander is that Mark Hamill and John Reese davies are in them, and they're not in the first one. Nope.
This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.